speaking about awareness um, actually makes me more aware about it, which I didn't do for a long time. And when you layer it down, it, it is fascinating to, to, to hear about it. We, we wrote a point that what we pay attention to is our life. And this also crosses the things that we talked about now that when, when we, when we pay attention to just the sheer presence of something is going to be determined by how you pay attention to it. This, this is really interesting. A big part of how bad things are, are made bad because you pay attention to them. Hello Patrick, how are you? Hi Alex, I'm good, and you? Do you think that you are free to wish whatever you wish? I think that there are certain things that we wish to do or that we would like to do. But there's a difference between what you want to do and what you would want to want. Mm -hmm. I think that you can do as you wish, but you cannot wish as you wish. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, it's a in really interesting point uh, that you mentioned. Um, because let's let's take an example um you want to buy let's say a certain product let's say you want to buy a phone but you know it's really expensive and you could really easily um live with a cheaper one but you know deep down you you just crave for that um better phone let's say so you may want this this um more expensive phone because it is dopamine driven you 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 want the max you want to maximize your uh, reward and uh on on the other on the contrary you you know you you can't just buy the most expensive phone because you're limited with the amount of money you have or you just know it would make more sense to have a more budget phone so i think you can definitely um go through life with with certain things that you just want to do like you want to do it and not have to think about two sides uh, which are um, dopamine driven and just long-term thinking but there are certain aspects where it certainly would make sense to to have this uh this this decision this decision that you um have in your head that you need to make every time you do let's say a purchase this is just an example of of let's say a phone that you want to buy and uh but there are other aspects where i think it it would make more sense to be rational and look for a long-term solution because long-term solutions are um a good way to work through life to have long-term goals and long-term steps that you break down into short-term actions um, to advance to those things do you agree with me or have uh, any disagree yeah disagreeability yeah there's certain things about your comment that i would like to to maybe touch or push back on mm -hmm. i think that the thing about the phone is not correct you can buy whatever phone you want mm -hmm. because phones are not expensive even the most expensive phone if you take into account not uh, euros or francs in your case and you take and you think of hours of time that it took you to earn the phone and you compare that to your grandparents and how much time it took them to buy all the different features that your phones give you even if you buy the most expensive phone that's probably like 2000 euros that's still ridiculously cheap in comparison to whatever to the amount of hours that it took your grandparents to buy all the different things that your phone can give you and they couldn't communicate they couldn't do many things that your phone can do now so i i, I wouldn't agree with that with that but that's superficial your concept transcends the per, the example Mm -hmm. I don't think it's limited to the to this concrete example and I think that your concept the concept that you were explaining that the ultimate thing that we're trying to seek for is dopamine I think you you couldn't be more right about that mm -hmm. I hear I heard Andrew Huberman talking about with uh, Anna Lemke in his podcast in the Huberman lab about how dopamine is the ultimate 
value. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that everyone is seeking for. Mm-hmm. There, that's the only exchange. There's no more exchanges. Everything is subject to how much dopamine you're going to be getting. There's the euro dollar. There's the euro franc, uh, Swiss franc. There's the different coins. But ultimately, you do not care about euros or francs or or dollars. You only care about dopamine. It's the dopamine that you care about. So now we have to think of what are we going to seek for? Long-term dopamine or short-term dopamine? Because I think that's evident that we seek for that in the... Ultimately, that's the thing that we want. We want to feel good. We want to have a good experience. And good experiences, I would, I would say, are highly correlated with the amount of dopamine you have. Mm-hmm. Or even caused by the amount of dopamine you are, your brain is segregating. So yeah, I would I would I would agree with you in that dopamine is the thing that we that motivates our interactions or our desires. So now we have to know and be able to discern what's the thing correct for us in the long term and in the short term. Mm-hmm. Well, the, this is the thing that and that's where the, the thing about wishing what you wish it comes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think that. Um, deciding what it, what do you want long term and what do you want in short term is really subjective for the for the most part in your life. Um, just a quick question because uh, you mentioned it and I'm not really sure. Um, is there a thing as long term dopamine? Because I believe what I've read so far is that dopamine is a short term driven um, release that you want because. You want, you, you crave dopamine, right? And the more you do things that release dopamine fast, um, the more short term craving about do- dopamine you get. But is there a thing as long term dopamine? Because if you, let's say, um, never drink, uh, unhealthy, let's, let's say you never drink alcohol, soda, and everything, you just drink water and, yeah, tea, uh, which is basically water, um, for, 30 years is then when you when you let's say live healthy in 30 years from this effect is that a long-term dopamine effect or not or do you think it's just a a result from your actions from your discipline that you had in day-to-day short-term decisions yeah i think that long-term dopamine is a real thing Mm -hmm. knowing that you're doing the thing that will maximize your well-being in the long term gives you an instant dopamine because you are anticipating your well-being in the long term and that is precisely the thing that we should be training our brains to seek for if that's not the thing that we should be seeking for or try or trying to train our brains to seek for there's nothing that's valuable in life knowing what you we the difference between what you wish and what you would wish to wish is the thing that makes you be mature and acquire wisdom and be able to correct our inherent failures as a species that we are humans are not perfect so that we have to correct it in some way and one way is by receiving feedback from what we are doing doing the things that we feel like correct in each moment and then you know that that's that wasn't correct because eating the hamburger was not good for you because you are fatter now and you are poorer and you have less time so that you should have invested that time in doing some other thing that will be better for you in the long term. Mm-hmm. But taking into account and discounting that future well-being is not natural for us. You have to train in some way to increase it. Everyone can do it in some way, mm-hmm. but I would say that you can improve in that a lot and be able to perceive the long-term benefit instantly by knowing that you're going to be better by going to the gym now and avoiding eating the hamburger. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree with you on that. I'm just, um, I'm still curious because you, you, you believe that uh, long-term dopamine is true. And what, what I know so far is dopamine is uh, it's a chemical that you release. So if there is a thing as long-term dopamine you would want to or you you could only release it in that moment so let's say i think you're not want to release or you're not craving for long-term dopamine i think you're you're craving or you you want to achieve a long-term goal that's going to release 
dopamine, which is, which is also going to be a short-term chemical that is going to be uh, a thing that you will experience in the future. Um, that's just my uh, per- perception of what I read so far about dopamine. I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, it's just a, a, a um, an experience of how you feel or experience um, the chemicals that you release, such as dopamine. Um, if you if you want to uh, experience or achieve a long term goal to be fit, um, let's say the, the example as uh, from your hamburger and workout. Um, you mentioned uh, you, you began the the episode here with you can do as you wish, but you kind of wish as you wish. Um, would that mean that in the short term, um, you c- you could rephrase that sentence? Um, you cannot do as you wish, but you can wish as you wish if you if you think about the hamburger, for example, because because you cannot do as you wish because you wish to eat eat a hamburger in the short term, but you cannot because you know you want to achieve a long term goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't agree with that. Uh, you're you're right in that we c- you cannot do as you wish. There's certain things that. If you want a hamburger, you can get it. But you don't wish to wish the hamburger. There, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you cannot do what you wish to wish, but you can do what you wish. I think that all our evolutionary desires can be fulfilled by our current environment. Yeah. Our society has been built in a way, as, in, as you said in the previous occasion, to give us the things in the most convenient possible format. Mm-hmm. So I think that you we, you can th- there's a big difference between what you wish and what you wish to wish mm-hmm. and that's where the incapacity of us comes there's also like you said really well uh a limited environment you cannot do whatever you want let's say i wanted to be in australia now i couldn't be i have certain things that i have to do next week i have to study i have to keep recording episodes for the podcast i have to do many things so i'm not going to be able to travel to australia next week but it might be in some other time. So I cannot do as I wish, you're right, but the phrase doesn't refer to your physical capacity. It Obviously, we're limited economically. We don't have infinite resources. If we had, I would be able to go to Australia now, but it's not referring to our limited economically envir- or environment that's limited in, in economic terms. It's referring to you can wish whatever. Mm-hmm. That there... The the thing that you can that you can wish is anything. You're free in wishing anything. But once you you haven't chosen what you wish, the, the wishing comes natural. You're going to wish the hamburger, but you're you cannot change that desire however you want. There's let, let's do two lists. There there's two lists that are completely different. One thing is your tastes. I like hamburgers hot dogs, pizza, all the shitty food. I love that. And then there's other lists, which are the things that I would like to like. And there's salads, super healthy foods, going to the gym, reading a lot of books, doing exercise, doing all the things that we know to be positive for humanity in the long term. So that difference is the thing that this phrase is referring to. What were you referring to when you when you say that you cannot do as you wish, because I think that you can. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Do Do you think that the the wishing itself? I mean, the wishing itself it shall itself comes from desires, obviously, um, because you crave the dopamine, which creates those desires. Um, do you think that this can be? Um, you can train your yourself not to wish. Um, certain things or that you can um, stop the desires that you that you um, that comes from this dopamine craving do you think you can stop those or let's say minimize those desires yes I think I think you can Mm -hmm. and that's the process of acquiring maturity Mm -hmm. being aware that your immature desire to eat the ice cream is not the thing that will maximize your long-term well-being so that you say no to it but your the amount of dopamine segregated is subject to your environment and to your habits 
So if you get used to not eating ice cream, you will not get a negative shot of dopamine when you when you start thinking of eating an ice cream. It's just like okay, I can I can perceive the existence of some sugar entering into my bloodstream and that would make me happy or not even my bloodstream that that's too abstract maybe into my into my mouth i can get some ice cream put it into my mouth and i will enjoy it i'm sure that that could happen but if you compare a kid and a 40 year old more mature person that person who's more mature would be able to do the rationalization of saying the ice cream is not the thing that will maximize my well-being in the long term and i know that and I've been not consuming as much ice cream as I could have in the past, I've put a limit into the amount of ice cream that I've been consuming for the last 20-whatever time, to 20-something years, so that I could be fit, healthy, and more economically prosperous because I'm not spending all my money in, in ice cream. But the kid, the kid is not thinking about that. The kid is just saying, okay, what's the thing I feel like it, like doing eating whatever now and that's the thing that I'm, that I'm going to want so do you know the free will debate in which they they I, I did a podcast with jay garfield debating the inexistence of the self and uh, free will so free will is basically saying that you are free to do whatever you want you are not determined by cause and effect i think that fr- freedom evolves the, daniel dennett has a book called freedom evolves and i agree with him in that Freedom comes in layers. The kid is the least free. Well, it's, he's not the least free. The least free would be a rock, which is not aware of anything. And then comes the kid, which is all aware of his environment, but it's, but it's not aware of his awareness. He doesn't have a map. He's got a map of his environment, but he doesn't have a map inside a map. That's what gives you self-awareness, I, say, I, I think. And that thing is the thing that allows you to judge yourself. You're not only judging your environment in terms of what's the most tasty thing that I I can eat now, but knowing that I exist in this world and that I am subject to the interactions with all the things in in my environment, what should I do to maximize my well-being? Because I know that my judgment in many occasions is wrong. So let's say no to the sugary ice cream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that gives you a superior layer of freedom than the kid. I agree with you on the on the layer of freedom that you mentioned. Uh, I do not agree with you on your example of the maturity or immaturity um, of, let's say, that kid or that 40-year-old uh, man. Because um, when you look at... I mean, there, there are certain... Um, there are definitely people that are 40 years old and... Um, have their desires more under control but of course there are also um, people that are um, not in control of their desires and let's say are an alcoholic just an example and is it sure is it immature sure, sure, sure. i don't think so i, I think it, it there are other facts mm. why because how do you define uh maturity what 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 I, I'm going to ask you I think directly. The definition of okay, the definition of wisdom that I like the most is knowing the long-term consequences of your acts, mm-hmm. and maturity, by definition, has to have some wisdom in it. Mm-hmm. If you have no wisdom, you cannot be mature. So maturity requires applying wisdom to your life, and. So you cannot separate wisdom and maturity, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you if you believe the opposite, I would love to hear that. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone argue against this. No, I, I agree so with I you think that, that yeah. knowing that maturity or assuming, okay, okay, assuming that maturity requires wisdom, mm-hmm. knowing that you will that you will regret eating the ice cream in the long term, should come by the hand of saying no if you are a mature person okay then if a kid let's say six years old doesn't is, isn't mature um is is um was was or did grow up with parents that just said um that ice cream is bad for you 
you, you shouldn't eat it because it's not healthy. And that kid makes this decision unconsciously because it, because it has been trained to um, eat something healthy. Is that six-year-old kid automatically mature? Mm, interesting. If you happen to do the correct thing, are you mature? Or are you just lucky to be imposed to do the correct thing? I think that maturity requires wisdom. And the wise person would be aware of what he's doing and why he's doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that. If you are only doing the correct thing, you might have been lucky to have great parents. But if the parents are truly great, they will instruct you the reasons why you're doing that and not just give you mandates by gospel. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that you, sh you should be doing and accept it. That's not, that might work in the short term, that you might have a super healthy mm -hmm. and brilliant kid, but there's a superior layer of, of acting that would mean not only forcing your kid into doing the correct things, or maybe not forcing, but making him understand what the correct thing is mm -hmm. so that he can freely choose what to do. And if he does the correct thing, that's virtue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that because um, just doing something because you're told um, to not eat the ice cream is a different thing than understanding uh, why you shouldn't eat that ice cream. And that's what separates a uh, kid from, let's say, a 40-year-old man because he understands the consequences a kid does not in this age Expect, except if it's a highly intelligent kid. Um, but I, I agree with you on that, definitely. And I think in, in this case, uh, your, again, your, your, your desires and, um, how you handle those desires, um, in the example of this kid and this, uh, man, uh, in this example is defined by your surroundings, as you said. And it is also, um, is a thing to design your surroundings. I mean, a kid cannot uh, design their surroundings. It's just lucky to be in, in, in those surroundings that are, let's say, a healthy surrounding. But a man can design, to a certain extent, um, design his surroundings to um, avoid the ice cream. And I think <sighs> luck is, a, is a, an open term, in my opinion. Are you like, are you lucky or are you not? I mean, to a certain extent, yes, definitely. If, if you're a kid with, with great parents, um, that, uh, let's say instruct you not to eat ice cream, you are lucky to have parents that are looking after you. Um, but luck, luck for me is an open term. Do you, th do you think as well? Or do you think luck is, is a real thing and you are lucky in certain aspects? I think luck is a relative thing. You cannot say you're lucky in absolute terms. You have mm -hmm. to compare it with something. Are you lucky to be a person who has two arms instead of just one or zero because you could have lost them in a war in Afghanistan? Yes, you are lucky to have both arms and both eyes. But are you lucky to, to have better habits than you could have had in the past? No, you had the habits that you had. So could you have had better ones? Sure. Were your habits above or below average? Well, that's a, not a completely different topic, like a completely different subject, but you could certainly compare yourself to the average and determine how lucky you are in relationship to that. If that's not the thing that you're using as a standard, what should we? Mm -hmm. Well, I think... Uh Forming habits, creating habits, and um, measuring habits uh, to average to the average uh, in in society is a thing. How you it's it's why you set yourself goals. I mean, if you if you let's say want to live healthy, work out often to be able to have a healthy body body in the long term, you're going to have to create habits healthy habits let's say work out eat healthy um i think if you achieve those i think you're not lucky in that sense i mean you 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 trained yourself to have those to to manage or to to be in 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 charge of your desires 
I think this, this has nothing to do with luck. I think this has a lot to do with simple discipline and the way, again, how you, how you, um, manage and design your, your surroundings. Do, do, do you believe that, um, now that it has crossed my mind, do you believe that sometimes you are just unlucky to be in a surrounding you cannot change or do you believe you can change every surrounding you're in? I think that there's a part of the reason why you end up not changing or changing your environment is due to the belief you had previously of how much you could change it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So knowing that part of your capacity comes from how much you believe that you could change it, you should believe that you can change it a lot. Mm -hmm. But also you shouldn't delude yourself by saying that you can change it, you can change everything. Maybe that's not positive either. I have to think of an example in which you could be worse off because of thinking that you could change something and then not be able to change it. But in general terms, I would say that believing that you can change more than you actually can is positive in the long term. That's what I think that a growth mindset requires. Mm -hmm. It requires knowing that or thinking that you can change a lot and, there's, and that there's more growth in the future than, that, than, there's, than there has been in the past. So I think that, I, I don't know how you could, could you separate luck from good? If you are, I don't see a way of separating luck from a good environment. If, if we accept that free will does not exist and that we are just a subject to cause and effect and as the rest of the rocks in the universe or as the, as the rest of the matter in the universe, everything is just luck. Every comment that I do is not due to an inherent property of my identity. It's just that the interaction of the matter that I'm composed of mm -hmm. ends up uttering the words that I'm uttering in the order that I'm doing that. So am I, is there anything that's not luck? Is there anything that's, that's could, that you could say that, oh no, that's not luck. He worked super hard for that. Is working hard for something? is discipline I, I would i would define the discipline as wanting to do one thing and doing the thing that you want to want mm -hmm. so go like going against your dopamine desires of the moment that's what i would define discipline as mm -hmm. the, yes definitely i i i don't agree with you on on isn't everything luck um because Let's let's say um, I mean we we have to define or we have to yeah we have to look at the word or the the meaning of luck from another perspective. I think luck for me is something that is a component of circumstances you had no control of. So let's say if you just happened to be born in a very rich family, that could be yes lucky because you are not able to control this circumstance. But I think luck has nothing to do with, uh, let's say, um, working hard or discipline. I mean, if you, let's say, if you uh, want to, let's say, if you, if you set yourself a goal that you want to work out five days a week for 10 years to have great shape and a healthy body, and you actually never miss a workout and um, actually achieve this goal. I think you're not lucky. I think that's just a, a, a success from your actions that you took from day to day. If, let's say, there happens to be a way of just having a, a great body from uh, from the way you were born, um, then yeah, yeah, definitely this is luck because there are people who are unluck unlucky um, in, in in this sense who have conditions that are that don't allow them to uh, lose weight let, let's say um so i don't think that luck is necessarily just um a component that's always into play i think luck is a thing that that uh how do i phrase this i think luck is has to do with things that happen in your life where you have no control of and literally no control of now 
where do you don't where do you have not control of well that's that's i think subjectively but also uh, a bit factual we could go into that more deeply but um as of the point where you were born a few years forward as of then i think less and less luck come uh, luck comes into play in in my opinion okay so you're basically saying that you are lucky to have the genetics you have or the environment you have mm-hmm. in terms of your your family your parents and but you are not lucky in terms of the desire you have to work hard yeah you are desiring to work hard and you are choosing to to desire it mm-hmm. but how sure are you of that if you had to choose between two options Okay, you're choosing between the, the two. Let's say green and blue shoes. You, ha- you have to choose between one of those two. But are you choosing to choose? You're just choosing. You're not choosing to choose. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that you are not choosing to choose, that you're just choosing, you realize that, oh, I wasn't the responsible of the pre-requirement for the thing that I'm doing. Did I choose the minds the, the neural neural pathways that predispose me to have good habits? No, I didn't choose that. Of course. It just happened that I did have that. Okay, you could maybe go back in time to the moment I started choosing the good acts so that I started having better a- habits and then I could improve that in the long term. But did I choose to have the brain that will end up choosing to have the good habits? I did not. Mm-hmm. So it all ends up being luck, I think. To the point where, I think to the point where where you are a place in a situation where you're conscious about, I mean, if you're placed into a situation with bad habits, let's say you're placed into life with bad habits for the past let's say 20 years when you when you lived at home um, because your parents had bad habits, you are also placed in a situation with bad habits. Yes, to that extent, it is lo- uh, lock or unlock um, if you want to define by that. But if you um, pay attention to good habits, if you focus your life on good habits or you focus your life to to let's say politics is the next result that you will be uh, in let's say you in in five years after your 20 years of bad habits you'll be in good habits because you read about them heard about them informed and tried and worked towards good habits or um you you never were in politics but now you want to be in politics so you pay attention to politics, you read work for politics, then you end up in politics. Those next results are, are is this luck or did you just, I mean, you, you chose to, you chose a path to determine your next result. I, I don't think this is luck or, uh, yes, I don't think it's, it's, it's luck because you can choose um, what you want to achieve and if you're really going to pay attention and w- do work towards this, this is not going to be luck per se. I think it's going to be luck or unlock. Can you say unlock? I don't really know, but you know what I mean. Um, unlucky. Yeah, you're unlucky. Let's say you're lucky or unlucky to be placed in a good or bad situation. But as of the conscious situation you're in, lucky or unlucky, you're able to um, change this situation or this circumstance with that has nothing to do with luck anymore because you're conscious, you're doing conscious choices that are going to change this environment, good or bad. Okay, so I think that you are not debating the existence of free will. You're just distinguishing between layers of freedom. And the first mm-hmm. layer, of, layer of freedom, the, when you have no layers of freedom, you're not, able, you're not even able to choose anything. But Mm -hmm. when you have one layer of freedom, you can choose between either option A or option B. Mm -hmm. Two layers of freedom would be you being able to choose to choose. And three layers of freedom would be even more. But 
So you are basically, let me steal mine your point. Let me describe it in the best possible way so that maybe you can correct me sure, if I sure. didn't get it correctly. I'm th I think that you, I think that you are referring to the higher you are in the scale of freedoms, the more you choose, because no one would debate that you are choosing between the two pairs of shoes or the two pairs of the two kinds of habits. Let's say I can choose between smoking or not smoking. Mm -hmm. If I choose not smoking, or maybe that's not as uh, as evident as an evident of, of, of that's not the best example I could give. But if I choose not smoking, I'm par participating in a layer of freedom, or I'm being part of a layer of freedom that makes me, in a way, responsible of that without going into the debate of the existence of free will or the self. The fact that you are doing something when you could have come to the opposite conclusion, obviously, if you analyze everything to the level of molecules, you could not. You were determined to make that decision, sure. But as long as thinking or acting as if you could have done otherwise will make you act more in the correct way than believing that you could not have done otherwise, believing that you could have done otherwise so that developing discipline and the correct habits is positive or is habilitated by the fact of holding those beliefs. I think you're right about that, especially the point where, where, where you mentioned um, the, the layers of freedom also determines, determines how free you can choose to change something or um, develop discipline in, in, in those cases. Yes, I, I think so. I actually never heard of the of the of those three layers of, of freedom. I found this really interesting how you described it. And uh, do you do you believe that we that we are just as in individuals, not not considering politics and um, everything else? Do you just believe that those three layers all exist and we are able to? live with them or, or act out of them or not especially the third layer i don't think there I, I don't think there's only three layers there's an infinite amount of layers conversations and reality is recursive i can think of what you are thinking or i can think of what i'm thinking that's zero layers of of abstraction like mm -hmm. i'm thinking okay that's zero layers of abstraction i can think of what you think or what i think mm -hmm. So that's one layer of abstraction. I'm thinking of thinking. Or I can think of what you think about what I think. That's two layers of abstraction. I could take this infinite mm -hmm. to an infinite uh, abstraction. So the same thing happens with the layers of freedom. For, this has a lot to do with meditation. One of the points that we talked about, maybe talking about, in, in the sense of being aware that you are aware mm -hmm. gives you a level of insight that you would not get if you're just acting mm -hmm. and experiencing your environment without abstraction so being aware of being aware of being aware gets you a even deeper insight and you can get this into any point but knowing that there's an infinite amount of layers of freedom but we have a limited cognitive capacity and that we cannot hold in our brains I cannot think of four layers of freedom. I, mm -hmm. If I start thinking, I can tangibly think of maybe three or maybe four, but not, not more. Mm -hmm. Because in the moment you start thinking about the fourth one, in my case, uh, just as an example, I stopped thinking of the previous ones. My working capacity, my working memory is saturated by the amount of layers that I'm holding con uh, simultaneously. So I'm not able to reason about a higher level than a fourth one. But even if we were, I think that it's not just three, but uh, what you were referring to, the higher levels of freedom, those, even if free will ultimately doesn't exist, that's the thing that's, that determines the amount of discipline or the amount of discipline that you are using or having in your life is determined by how far you're able to go in this layer of freedoms or maybe do, do you only need to go to the second one 
knowing that you wish to wish something else than you actually wish. Is, is there any benefit in going to the third one in terms of saying what I wish to wish to wish, what I would like to wish to, to, to like? That's a better way of saying mm -hmm. it. What would you like to wish to like? That's uh, three layers. Is there any benefit from thinking in those terms? Maybe not. So maybe all the benefit comes from just two layers of freedom. And the second one is the one that gives you like 98% of the benefit. So thinking farther is just useless. And so we should just focus in knowing that there's a difference between what we wish and what we would wish to wish. Mm -hmm. I think second, uh, the second layer you described is enough um, to create this kind of discipline to go through life, let's say. And I think to be able to, to think or to act based on the second layer of freedom uh, comes also from being aware about it. And you referred meditation before that I think that being able to be aware about this second layer of, of freedom comes from meditation. You get more aware about it unconsciously even um, from day-to-day -day life. And I think this is a, a big part of meditation um, that that the, the unconscious awareness of general acts that you do um, gets more present um, if you look at it from a third perspective. Um, that, that's uh, what I uh, really, really find fascinating, fascinating about meditation or just the, the practice of being aware, as simple as it is, to, to uh, then act out of this awareness. Hmm. Interesting. That's, that's, it's so interesting how your criteria is not perfect in a way, mm -hmm. but your criteria over your criteria is better than your criteria. What you want to do is one thing, and what you would want to want is another thing. And that second layer of abstraction gets you closer to what's good. Exactly. Knowing that if, you, if we did the two lists that I said before, mm -hmm. the thing that you want to do and the thing that you would want to want, the list of the things that you would want to want would align much better with your long-term desires or objectives than the first list. Absolutely, yes. And this awareness that you mentioned is, is something that helps you to, let's say, consciously and subconsciously drive you or guide you automatically to the things that you want to want. In, in, in this matter of case, which is pretty crazy w when I think about it now, how, how I am aware about it. Because speaking about awareness um, actually makes me more aware about it, which I didn't do for a long time. And when you, when you layer it down, it, it is fascinating to, to, to hear about it. We, we wrote a point that what we pay attention to is our life and this also crosses the things that we talked about now that when, when we, when we pay attention to a presence that we have right now, it, it is our life in, in general that just the, the, the sheer presence of something is going to be determined by how you pay attention to it. This, this is really interesting. A big part of how bad things are, are made bad because you pay attention to them. And knowing that, allows you to pay less attention to them. Mm -hmm, exactly. This is, uh, this is something I, I noticed just recently in, in military because we work with, with people that are um, well through life, which are uh, definitely older than, than our fresh young people uh, that, that are just began to work there. And what I noticed is that they are not aware about that something is bad for them or that's they're not aware of of this but i am aware of it and i mentioned it but still um they didn't believe 
me because they are not aware of it be for themselves and because they have this habit and this this way of life they never paid attention to it that it is bad they're so they're so so programmed to to think about bad stuff and as you said that when you are when you are pen, paying attention to bad stuff bad stuff it, it, it's a bit a uh, um false uh, description to let's say bad bad decisions bad bad ideas bad desires um if you pay attention to them more and you are aware about them you automatically get away from them without even like doing much you you handle you act just out of the sheer awareness that you had before we we, we went so deep on that right now we just noticed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah in the moment you are aware of having the conscious thought of that thing being bad mm -hmm. you see yourself as a third person exactly and in that moment you separate yourself from the experience by introspection and it allows you to suffer less mm -hmm. so the end of suffering comes from meditation it's one of the aspects that helps you to be more aware that um you know with this practice comes less suffering that leads to more um more success more a better life let's say with less suffering you still need suffering in in, in some sense to to um to to succeed in certain points which which is a uh, you need pain not suffering <sighs> okay now i have to think isn't pain suffering what's what's the difference for you pain is the physiological reaction that your body has to a, a situation that's not good you get shot by an arrow and that creates pain in you mm -hmm. but the suffering comes when you think of how bad the situation is. The suffering only comes from the mental rumination of you thinking of, oh, I, go, I got shot by the arrow and now I'm not going to be able to provide to my family and you get depressed. That's suffering. So that difference, if you are stoic enough, you will not suffer. You will only have pain. But suffering comes from a weak mind, I think. It's, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that my mind is strong in yeah, any sure. way. I suffer a lot, but I'm just saying the definition. Okay, so I think um, suffering does not entirely come from a weak mind because let's say you get shot by an arrow. It's just an example. Um, I think everybody will experience pain and also suffer just because suffering is not determined by a strong and weak mind entirely to a certain extent yes and uh so if you want to circle back to the to the uh, topic we had before if you want to have a good life where you have to let's say um suffer less less in the long term you have to be in more pain in the short term and pain does not mean physical pain um necessarily but i think um uh, mentally you will get or physically you will be in um uncomfortable situations that will cause you um defined pain pain is is uh is subjective in this matter of course if you get hit let's say with a fist in your face um this is physical pain obviously this is not uh, just subjective but let's say um if working out four times a week is pain is is causing you pain this is subjective mentally it, because in the long term it's going to be benefit everyone. So this is just short-term experience, I think. But the same pain, the same physiological experience can, can cause you suffering or not. If your arm hurts because you did too many bicep curls mm -hmm. or, that, or because your training was especially exhaustive, you will not suffer. You will just be satisfied with yourself by how much effort you put into the training. But if you suspect that you have a tumor in, mm -hmm. in your arm, that will cause you a lot of suffering if you are not super strong mentally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the same experience, I would argue, in one case caused you pain and suffering, and in the other one doesn't cause you 
suffering while there's still pain. But the amount of pain that you experience is also subject to your awareness. If you're able to put your flashlight, the flashlight of your attention into something else that's not hurting, let's say your other arm is not hurting and you pay attention to it instead of to the left, let's say the right one is the one who, which mm-hmm. is which itches. So you put the attention to the left one and, and that would make you have less pain because you're only able to perceive one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. I think this is, um, this is you, you, you can train that as, as you said with circle back to meditation, um, which, which is super interesting of how I think everything of what we discussed in this, uh, close up to one hour, um, discussion is just determined by how determined are you to to um train your brain because everything acts out of our brain um besides the the situations we are put in luckily or unlucky um in 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 this matter yeah let's finish off with brain plasticity do you think that we have a capacity to train ourselves to appreciate the things that we wish to wish? Or are we just determined to wish for the things that we happened to wish for? I think we have unlimited capacity in this um, in this example you gave, or in this statement you gave me. I, I think we are um, free to wish as we wish, but we are also free to wish as we want and in this case um, we are free to wish to have as much unlimited capacity in to train us in this uh, matter as we want to wish <laughs> yes what do you think i think that you are partially right mm-hmm. there's a lot of room to improvement and saying that there's not will decrease the amount of improvement that you can have. So believing that you can improve will actually make you improve more so that you should be believing that there's a lot of room mm-hmm. to improve. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I think uh, this this is a great uh, point where we where we can uh, close here because we, we, we found a really good, um, let's say, way of how we went through this um awareness discipline um meditation um focus or driven uh talk while still being able to discuss certain aspects where we disagree but still in the end um we we agreed on it anyway so this this is a uh, this has been really really enjoyable <laughs> yeah the same patrick i really enjoy this this conversation hope to have another one in the future maybe about one of the other topics that we have planned on talking about definitely absolutely i i'm in for it so um thank you for having me it has been a pleasure and um keep it up with your podcast (laughs) 